The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Show here's the rail of sports in the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Man, what matters to me? Well, there's a lot that matters to me, but I think I want to regress a little bit and, and I want to revisit, you know, Ray Rice just a little bit. And I may have to regress again because I, I may go off into talking about the games this past week and, and then I may want to revisit Ray Rice again. And the reason why I want to revisit Ray Rice is because I just think that there's so many people out there across the entire world that perhaps maybe they could be missing the boat. The focus may be completely headed in a direction or pointed in a direction that is really so unfair. And a lot of times my opinion is just that it's mine. I'm sitting on it, as a matter of fact, just like all of you sit on yours. But it's my opinion. And I, I'm going to express it in such, a way, in, in such a way that I think perhaps maybe it might hit home with some people. Now, I thank God I was never, you know, one of those individuals where I, you know, I can say that, uh, you know, in terms of domestic violence that, you know, I've, I've experienced that. Um, better not ask my sister that, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but I think that there's some things that are missing and... It, it, it may seem strange to some people that I'm going to say this, but I, I think it's hard when you take a look at any problem and you just take a, a brush and you just paint the entire spectrum of those that are involved. You know, for, for all of those out there who feel that domestic violence is not a problem in the National Football League, but it's a problem in society, you are correct. And I thank you for that and, and acknowledging that. It should not be the responsibility of the National Football League alone to be out front when it comes to domestic violence. Do you understand that there is only probably 1,500 employees of the National Football League? That's all. Just 1,500. So I think accordingly, maybe their responsibility might be according to the numbers that they employ. And after all, it wasn't the National Football League that was involved in the incident. It was an employee of the National Football League. So I'm not taking up for them. I'm just simply saying, if indeed you were a man or a woman, I believe Lolo Jones this morning was allegedly brought to the national media, the global media, for her involvement in some domestic violence. So it's not just singly, you know, men who are involved as uh, the, the predator, 
you know, there are some women. But my point is this. What about, did you ever stop to think there may be some victims within the industry itself that are being victimized when in fact they were the victims? Those of you out there who, who are listening to this show, understand that did you ever think that this has opened some wounds that has hurting so many young men because maybe they themselves witnessed domestic violence in their household? Do you, do you think that they want you now to just broad brush all professional athletes, because that's what appears like professional football players, as those who were contributors to domestic violence themselves, that they too were beating their girlfriends and their wives? It's like the whole league. You know, it's like the, it's the, the whole league has been tarnished now. It's like that's, that's it. That's the bullseye on the back of every NFL player. He's beating his girlfriend. He's beating his wife. When in fact, some of those kids, because most of them are in their 20s, I'm 55, I can say they're kids. I have friends who actually have kids that are playing in the National Football League. But just think about that. That's how careless some people in the media have been with this, is they haven't even taken the time out themselves to stop and think by us opening up Pandora's box and throwing all those things in the box out on the floor and saying across the board they're all guilty. That's the way it appears. Because when you put up the shield of the National Football League, it's all inclusive. There's not, you know, you don't just like, oh, oh, oh no, it's all inclusive. It ain't just, a, it's not anything as a la carte. It's all inclusive, the National Football League. So when you pull them on the carpet, you now are pulling a young man who might have watched his mom get beat, who might have watched his father get beat. When you think about the child abuse, you know, it, it could have been a thing where maybe somebody truly was abused and now Adrian Peterson was going to be the face of this, but everybody else is guilty as well. And you need to stop and say that. Don't assume anything. Because when you assume you make an ass out of you and me and you've heard that and that's what a lot of people are doing. Because if you're not categorically accruing, uh, accusing everyone, then, then why don't you stop and say, do you know, we have been so careless in our attempt here to somehow hang somebody from the roof. Somebody has to take ownership of this, that we've been so negligent that we, there are some young men in those locker rooms that are hurting bad, real bad, because they've seen it. Their mother, their sister, their aunt, their neighbor, and you are making them relive that. Now, that's a kind of what Ray Rice's wife was saying at the time when, when the video was released. Is Listen, okay, for the purpose of my individual case, I didn't need you to put that on TV again for my mother to see it, for my father to see it, for anybody else other than the judicial system to see it to make the case against me and my husband. That's all they, but it, but it became news, so it was that. But I'm talking about responsible journalism, if you will. Acknowledge the fact that within those locker rooms, will one of you be man or woman enough to step up to the plate and say, you know, we could be getting this all wrong. We could, there could be a lot of young men in these locker rooms that could be hurting themselves, and we, like Roger Goodell, got it wrong. 
We're asking some of these men, we're just going to all these young men and asking them these questions. Never once did we ever stop to think that you might be putting that microphone to somebody that witnessed their mom or their dad or their sister or their aunt be victimized. And they witnessed it. You ever seen any of those shows on TV, those movies on TV, when you see those kids in the closet and they're looking out the closet door, they just open up the door and they're peeking out and they're seeing, they're witnessing somebody under the influence of drugs or alcohol and just beating somebody for no reason? You got 1,500. You telling me within 1,500 there ain't one that has witnessed that? Did you ever think about how you might be hurting that person? Think about that. The National Football League is in the business of football. I've told you many times on this show, and I want to give him a shout-out. I'll continue to give him his shout-out. Every time there's, it's relative to the subject. Gary Maddox one day told me, the great Gary Maddox who played for the Philadelphia Phillies, that Gary Maddox, told me when I was a young man. He said to me, Ray, Athletes need role models too. We as people, as human beings, are, are so negligent in our responsibilities that just because a young man gets a paycheck, he's automatically supposed to be a role model. These are young, these are, these are kids. I'm calling them kids. They're young men, but if they're old enough that they could be your son or your daughter, if they're young enough they could be your son or your daughter, don't you call your son or your daughter your kids? And even though they are a certain age, less than 30, you feel there's a certain amount of maturity they should have, but you still know that by the time you get 55 or 60 or older or 45 or whatever, that you realize that they were kids. And we're still shaping them and molding them, and you're expecting them to be role models. Well, I'll be damned whoever gave them the job description of what a role model is. And what the role is they're supposed to play in society. Because some things we want them to accept and become role models on other things we don't want. We don't want their advice. Hell, Stephen A. Smith this morning, a respected journalist, you know, is, is, was discussing about what he felt about Kaepernick being penalized and fined for allegedly using the N-word. And Stephen A. was just asking if somebody would respect the opinion of maybe younger people in the conversation and let, us have, let them have some credibility. But it's, they're being dismissed as, no, you don't understand. See, I was just involved for years in a lawsuit against the NCAA for their misuse and abuse of the likeness and images of young student athletes, just exploitation, just taking. This United States of America, you know, we, are, we have been accustomed to just taking things. We don't ask, we take, we'll see you in court, stop us. And most of the time, people don't have the resources to stop someone from taking something from them. So what do they do? They just take it, and there's nothing you can do. That's what bullies do. See, when you're a kid, bullies do that. They take your lunch money from you. They take anything you got that you can't stop them from taking it. Do something about it is what they say. And so that's what the colleges were trying to do to those young men. Even myself when I was in college. Just 
take your likeness, take your images. Now, nah, we'll give you this, but that's all we're giving you, and there's nothing you can do about it. So somebody had to step up to the table on behalf of those young men that weren't mature enough at times. Some of them didn't know how to do it, didn't have the resources to do it. Somebody had to do it on their behalf. So somebody stepped up. It's somebody in the locker room right now that's hurting because we keep pouncing and pouncing and pouncing on domestic violence. And I, I'm happy we're doing that. Believe me, I ain't had to talk with my kids about this. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm not condoning it. Right now, I'm trying to be the voice of reason to tell the media to be responsible and understand that, guess what? There's somebody in those locker rooms that you have painted to be all-inclusive. And the aggressor, when it comes to domestic violence, when indeed they are the victims because they've witnessed it. And none of you have taken the time to investigate that, to stop and think about that. Now, I don't want you to necessarily try to dig it out of them so they could throw their parents under the bus. That's not my desire. My desire is to understand that there's some people that you've painted to be all-inclusive of the National Football League players as being those who are out there who are predators and beating women. I don't, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's, that's irresponsible journalism that you've never stopped and thought about. What wounds are we opening to these young men? And to, for me, it's to the expense of entertainment. It's not even, it's not even anything where I think there's, you know, you really have a serious, serious motivation to change things. It's for entertainment purposes only. And I'm going to continue to talk about entertainment purposes only because I've told you what I feel about that hard knocks. Again, irresponsible journalism, if you will. But it's, you know, it's entertainment. Hard knocks, is, it ain't journal, it's entertainment. But irresponsible entertainment. Never stopping to think about the psychological wounds that these players could be faced with as they're being dismissed from their jobs. I see I got about 30 seconds here, so I'll tell you what, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. That music, you know the show. You listen to Real Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, again, I, you know, I, listen. What matters to me, domestic violence. And as I said, the, the whole thing with with Ray Rice is, I think it was some irresponsible journalism in terms of the the approach of not understanding that at the same time you're trying to advocate on behalf of victims. You're victimizing some victims without even becoming aware of it. So as as irresponsible as you feel Roger Goodell may have been, media, think about what you've done. You have not taken into consideration that you have some young men, kids, that are still growing and developing themselves, who 15 years ago, 20 years ago, could have witnessed their own experience of domestic violence within their, within their house. But you want to paint them all as the predators, as, as those who are guilty because they are a part of the National Football League, and you don't realize that they're victims themselves. Man, that's heavy. And I just haven't, I, I haven't heard it. And I'm not, I know we got a whole lot of other things we got to talk about, but I just want to throw that out there. But I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken now, uh, on the phone with me now, we have Chef Julian out there and in the state of uh, the heart of it all, the Hall of Fame city. And Chef Julian, what's cooking out there in Ohio? How you doing there, Chef? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you calling in to the show. It looks like... Uh, like some things are happening out there in, in, in the heart of it all, the state of Ohio. You know, it looks like, uh, you know, uh, I, I know you, you're excited about the, the, at least we should say, the competitive state of which the Cleveland Browns are playing at. They're, they're competitive. They're not winning all the time. But, but it's good football. It's good entertainment. You're not turning the football all the game off. You still stick they're into the game until the very end of the game. But, but they just can't seem to get over the hump. Uh, they used Johnny Manziel this week in such a way that, you know, some people thought it was it was, you know, it was hilarious. You know how they were, you know, trying to get him into the game, a trick play. But I don't care. You know, one trick in my mind, a trick play is a trick play. It doesn't mean that's what it's all. It's a trick play. So it's something that you do to, to somehow try to distract him in such a way that it's just it's just uncharacteristic of the natural flow of a game. And you do something that's out of characteristic, and you kind of catch them off guard. So that's all that was, and and, and I don't care. But to me, not one player is any more, uh, you know, important than another player when it comes to their position. I, if you lose your right tackle to an injury, or your left tackle, or your center, or your quarterback, whomever, your backup should be good enough to step in there. So in this case, Johnny is the backup. So and and they say he may be the future of the Cleveland Browns, but 
Uh, tell me, Chef Julian, did you see the trick play with Johnny Manziel? And, and what did you think about it when you saw it, even though it was uh, the, the play, you know, didn't go down in the record books anyway, because I believe there was a penalty. So what did you think about the play? And what do you think about them putting him out on the field in, in such a way that it's a trick play? Because you can get hurt on any kind of play. If it's a trick play or not, if you get hurt, you get hurt. The fact that it was a trick play and they got hurt on that play, I, I, that wouldn't bother me any. But what did you think about it? And how do you like the way they've used him a couple times here? Uh, I liked it. I liked it. You know, he's a rookie, so they 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 want to try to get him on the field. You know, but at the same time, you cannot you can't doubt uh, what Brian Hoyer has been doing. I mean, people been sleep been saying Brian Hoyer. They've been saying that he's getting lucky. They said that he got lucky with those three games where he went three and zero before he injured himself. They said he. Uh, got lucky in these first few games where he's uh, throwing passes, but I don't think that's I don't think that's lucky. I just think he's that good. I think he could be another one of our franchise quarterbacks if if Johnny Menzel uh, can't do it. Then I know Brian Hoyer could step up, and uh, that's one thing that they people need to realize. There's not just Johnny Menzel, there's Brian Hoyer, and not only that, he's the starter. Well, you're, and that's that's the point. Brian Hoyer is the starter for the Browns. Uh, Brian Hoyer, who started off, you know, years ago, I think when he was starting, he started off 3-0. and And let me just say that, you know, that he's lucky. Well, Tom Brady was a seventh-round draft pick, I believe, when he was drafted. And, you know, maybe you thought the things that he was doing, he was just lucky because he wasn't that good because he wasn't a first-round draft pick. So it really doesn't make a difference. I, God only knows, I don't know when some of the other, you know, quarterbacks who are doing well, you know, look at, uh, well, we know Russell Wilson, too, was like a, a middle-round draft pick. So it's a, it's just a matter of when you get your chance, if you're ready and you step up and you perform. And, and it's not luck, you know, because there are too many things that contribute to something being luck. And that is everybody else has to do their job. So, you know, maybe people are making great catches. You know, maybe a running back is making an extra move or picking up a blitz or something like that, buying him some time. Maybe uh, whatever it is, you put too much practice time into your preparation for people to just dismiss it as luck. There's too many years and too much time of preparation for them to dismiss that as luck. So, so, so with that being said, I too, like you, agree that, hey, hey, you know, get Johnny out there, get him a couple plays. It's okay, whatever. He's an athlete. See, that's the thing about it. Johnny is an athlete. So regardless if you get him in the, in the game and he's moving around the pocket with the ball and making things happen with his legs, if you throw it to him, listen, they threw the ball to a quarterback, oh, about a few hundred miles down the road from Cleveland down in Cincinnati. You saw that. What do you think about that? You think people were mad about them throwing a trick play to their quarterback? What do you think about that, Chef Julian? Was that okay to throw the ball uh, to the quarterback down there in Cincinnati? See, they didn't talk about that because that's Andy Dalton. That's a quarterback that they expected to do well. They didn't. They don't uh, expect Johnny Mazzell or Brian Hoyer to do this good, so they make it a big deal. Yeah. See, when it came to when they drafted him, they looked at that like that was a dumb pick and that wasn't the right pick. They should have picked, uh, you know, Blake Bortles, David Carr, somebody above him. But they went in there with the game plan and they decided to pick defensively first. And I think that was a good idea because 
there, you can't have enough defensive players. Well, it certainly played out for them. It certainly has played out to them that, that again, Andy Dalton has played for, perhaps for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's played up to their expectations for the other people. He's played above of what they thought his talent level was. But did, did you believe at the beginning of this season that some people might be talking about the Cincinnati Bengals, not just the best uh, team in that division, but the best team in the AFC and some people even saying the best team in the league? Did you really think that we'd be talking about the Cincinnati Bengals in that capacity in the, after the third game of the season? Did you think they were going to be that good? Oh, not at all. I was, I, I literally was thinking that people were going to talk about a Super Bowl rematch. I was thinking uh, the Super Bowl rematch uh, game that happened two, a few days ago, I thought that was going to be a tie, and they were going to talk about that all week, and that was going to be the biggest story. I did not think that the Bengals were going to be the team to talk about. The Bengals and um, the Eagles – and, uh, and the Arizona Cardinals, those are the three undefeated yeah. teams. You, you know, you, you, you got, uh, what do you got there? You got two, two birds and a bingo, you know. But uh, I just, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I just didn't think. Now, now listen, for, for Marvin, you know, Marvin's job is on the line down there in Cincinnati. Now, the, the Bengals are playing up to, for some reason, the expectations of what people have thought in the past. Because for the past two, three years, maybe even four, back to Ucho Senko and those guys, you know, Marvin's had enough talent around him that people have been calling for his job almost after every season because he can't win more than a, well, he can't get to the playoffs and then he gets there, he can't win, he can't win a game. So, I mean, this year he's starting off in such a way that, okay, if he doesn't get to the playoffs and go beyond the first game, I think they may fire him because, you know, it may, it may be surprising that Cincinnati is is in the conversation now, but then if we look back, really it shouldn't be surprising because people have been expecting them to show up. But I guess since they've disappointed us so much that we just dismiss them as no, not 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 Cincinnati. But but I, from what I hear you say, it seems like you're looking for a rematch of the Super Bowl. We just saw the game the other night, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that a little bit more. Another detail of that game, uh, but so if you was expecting a rematch of the Super Bowl, then you obviously were not thinking that Cincinnati was going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. You 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 had dismissed that that wasn't even a consideration for you in the preseason. Oh no, not at all. I I, I thought they were going to make it to the wild card, but I didn't think they would get past the wild card. So you so you definitely didn't think, you know, preseason that Cincinnati would be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. You thought it was going to be Peyton and Denver Broncos again. Oh, absolutely. The way the, way the Denver Broncos uh, signed their players and signed almost all of the big names in the uh, during the offseason, couldn't you couldn't have bet on anybody else except the Broncos. Well, I tell you what, you know, the D- Denver hasn't really disappointed, with the exception of you know when they, of course, lost to Seattle. But everybody expected them to lose to Seattle. I don't think anybody really picked them to go in to the twelfth man and, and come out with a victory, but. Uh, obviously, we we were all much more exciting about the game itself, and and I'm sure there's a lot of people who want to get their money back because the team that showed up was not the Denver Broncos uh, last night or I'm sorry Sunday 
that was a Denver Bronco team that we expected to see in the Super Bowl. That was a Super Bowl game we, we expected to see. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to go on record and say this, and then we're going to take a break. I think what they should just do, when, when they replay the Super Bowl, because you know they always make these things, and they replay these games. I think they should do this. Nobody, we'll close our eyes. Take the Super Bowl game out. Throw it into the rotation where it will be the Sunday night game. And then take the Sunday night game and throw it into the Super Bowl. And, and years from now, make everybody think that was a Super Bowl game, that it went to overtime. Everybody be happy. That's what we expect. They'd be happy. What do you think, Chef Julian? You think that'll work? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> when you see the score, you think. That's right. Yeah. I agree with you. And, and you know, it's just, and I, and I bet you nobody, you know, we would just sit there and act all over again like, oh, 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 yeah, I like that. Go ahead and do that. I'll watch that game again because I'm sure as hell not going to watch that Super Bowl replay. So don't even, you can't even, you, you don't even put that in the can. Don't even consider that, that you're going to have a replay of the Super Bowl in New York and you're going to show that game again. You need to just go ahead, take that Sunday game, pop it in there, make people think that that was the Super Bowl game that was played in New York and everybody be happy. We got to take a break. You're listening to Rayola Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Chef Julian, from the heart of it all, the Hall of Fame city, Canton, Ohio, is on with me. We'll be right back after this message. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I want to give a shout out to my man, Guy Troop. Uh, Guy, of course, is uh, the CEO of Troop 21. They will be hosting the 15th anniversary of the player networking event, which will be held, of course, at this year's Super Bowl here in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, the player networking event, I believe uh, things are, we're still working on some contractual terms, but I think it's going to be hosted on the campus of ASU. 
Arizona State University, uh, and I think uh, it's going to be at the Memorial Hall, which is a student hall, a nice place there. And uh, we met with some great folks over there this past weekend when uh, Guy was in town. And I'm really looking forward to the uh, to the live broadcast. Of course, the broadcast will be here, right here on Voice America Sports, uh, as we always do. We look forward to uh, uh, working and and talking and having conversations with current and former players who basically are uh, preparing themselves and and making adjustments to a life without football, a career transition, of which happens to every single player, regardless of how many years you play in the National Football League, or if you don't, if it stops after college, you're going to have to get yourself prepared that you can do something else besides play the game of football. And I don't want to diminish football because it, it's, a career, it, it's, it's a short-term career. That's what it is. It's a short-term job experience, what it is. And, and hopefully from that it opens the doors for you to do some things long-term to help you sustain a lifestyle of what you've become accustomed to and to provide for you and your family. Uh, but these are young men. I still consider myself a young man. People are living to be pretty old around here. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's going to be an exciting time. Again, right here you'll find it. Uh, probably find it under Ray Ellis Sports. But uh, our broadcast is Handle Your Business. The 15th annual broadcast will be live as the Player Networking event is the 15th annual. The broadcast isn't quite 15 years old. We've probably been doing about six years. But handle your business, Player Networking event. So, Chef Julian, we, we were discussing that. Let, let's just stay right there, if you will, um, with, of course, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about about the game. We, we, we talked, uh, you know, it was a very competitive game. Uh, certainly uh, a much better game than the Super Bowl was, you know. It was a rematch, and, and some people, you know, and I'm just going to say those people, listen, athletes that are playing the game, you know, you know, revenge factor and all that, sometimes it doesn't, it's not really a revenge factor all the time. I remember when I when I came to the Cleveland Browns for the first time, I'll never forget this. First time I ever played for the Cleveland Browns, we went in and played into a Three River Stadium, and, and I think the Browns had been beat 13 times in a row uh, because they had never beat the Steelers in Three River Stadium. And they, this thing was going around about a jinx. And, and so everybody was concerned, and I could tell the locker room was just different that time. But it was my first experience of playing for the Cleveland Browns Preparing to go into Three River Stadium. But for me, it was a preparation like every game. I didn't care who the hell it was. I got to line up and play my job. I mean, do my job, play the game, and do the best I can. Forget one play, go to the next play. Only remember it if it has something to do with what I think might be happening down the road. And so anything, any preconceived ideals of we can't go into this place and win because there's a jinx, I was like, really? Do you guys really think? I'm going I'm to own up. I'm going to take that on and think that, man, no. We're just going to go out and do our thing. So I was not a part of any jinx. I, I wasn't a part of any preconceived ideals that we can't win in that place because I came from the Philadelphia Eagles and played the NFC East, and I just thought, hey, man, it's just, you know, you, you play in the East, you could play anywhere and beat anybody. And so I didn't think about that. So when they were talking about this rematch between the Broncos I believe the Broncos' defense 
it's pretty much half of the team wasn't even there last year. The starters weren't even on that team last year. So they weren't bringing any revenge factor to this game. They were just lining up to play a good game. And they, they did pretty damn good. But what I want to say this is, is Julian, I, I want to talk about this. The game went into overtime. And there's a lot of people, and this has been discussed on the big boy networks, they've been discussing this about the fact that they thought it was somewhat unfair. And it made them, and things happen in life that makes you think that maybe this is about the time for us to make a change because what just happened, what we witnessed is not fair. And what some people think wasn't fair was the fact that the coin was flipped and Denver lost the toss. And so therefore when Russell Wilson, you know, marched him down 80 yards, the game was over with. And Peyton Manning never got a chance after, again, I don't like using that word, you know, I'm kind of, you know, Denver and drive don't go hand in hand with me. I don't like to say that. But Peyton had his own drive to take his team down, you know, to tie the game up. So do you think that the rules need to perhaps maybe be revisited and take a look at it and think about maybe we should change this based upon the fact that it is somewhat unfair because in overtime things should be, you know, it shouldn't be an advantage it should be. It should give both teams an equal opportunity to win the game. So you know, one thing about it is you you know in overtime, you know in a game there's 60 minutes, and you know, you know regardless of what the score is, the game is not over till the fat man sings, which is at the end. And if at the end when the clock strikes zero, if the score is tied, then it takes on a possible unfair advantage in favor of the one who wins the coin toss. At the beginning of the game, there's nothing that's unfair because if you win the coin toss or not, you still got 60 minutes to play. However, if in the overtime you win the toss, the other team may not even get to touch the ball. So do you think that's, what do you think about that? How do you, you know, looking at it, you might have accepted it in years past, but this game, did it make you think about, oh, maybe that's not fair? What do you think about that, Chef Julian? Well, I've always said that the game, well, the game is always changing. And one thing about this is overtime rules, I think, will always change because they, other teams will find a way to tell them that it's not fair. And I agree with them. That was not fair that you could just drive down the field, make sure that uh, Peyton Manning doesn't touch the ball. Because, without a doubt, Peyton Manning would have got at least in, uh, close to the end zone, if not in the end zone, with that uh, offense. And, to be honest, I feel like they should just switch the college rule. Just have start it off at the 25-yard line and just see where that goes. See if you get a uh, score. If you can't, then the other team gets the ball. If they score, they win. So you're saying that you think that the pros should adopt a rule something similar to the way they do it in college? You like the college rule more than you do the professional rule? Yeah, yeah, I like the college rule with overtimes more than I like the uh, uh, NFL rules because ever since uh, the Saints won, beat the uh, Minnesota Vikings without letting uh, Brett Favre touch the ball, they've been changing the overtime rules since then. And I think that when if you change it to the college football rule, it's more fair. But at the same time, there are some rules that I think college should change that uh, the NFL does. Yeah, well, I, well, certainly, you know, it's interesting you say that because I'm going to tell you right now, there's one rule that I think for college 
that should change uh, and, and look more like the professional. But, but again, remember, we're supposed to be amateurs in college, so we're not supposed to do everything like the pros do it because we're not pros. But I'm just going to say this. I think in pros, unlike in college, when you're playing pro football and the ball is on, let's say, the 45-yard line and um, your 45-yard line, and your quarterback, like Peyton Manning, is able to throw the ball all the way down into the end zone. There's a pass interference, and then that ball goes in pro football. The ball goes to the one-yard line for pass interference. In college football, and coaches don't even teach this, and I don't know why they don't. In college football, if it's a, if it's a, a bomb, you know, you should, teach, you should teach them, just tackle the man. Because it's only going to be a 15-yard penalty. Never let a receiver catch a long pass for a touchdown. Tackle him. It's only 15 yards. Dude, they don't teach that in college. They should, but they don't. In pros, that's the reason why the pros argue so much and they fight for the ball because you can't tackle the man because the ball is going to be on the one-yard line. So what you do is you make a better effort of trying to play the ball. And that's what you should do. You should always try to play the ball. But if the rules to your benefit, I don't know why college players let people catch so many long passes on them. Just tackle them. If he's running past you, just tackle him. It's 15 yards. You let him catch it, it's a touchdown. Or, it, or, or the pass interference is, is your best bet. So that's one rule I would change. Now let's go back to the overtime rule. And I'm going to say this. <sighs> I agree with you to a point, and that is that I, I think that there's no way the other team doesn't get a chance to get the ball. There's just no way. I'm, I'm just going to go with that. I, you know, uh, you know how many different times we go back and forth and all that. I, I, I don't know about that, uh, but I, but I think uh, every team should at least touch the ball. It could be a thing where every team touches the ball once, and then after that. Uh, the second time is based upon who scores. If you score a point, I mean, you score a field goal, you score a touchdown, whoever scores a touchdown wins. But the first time they both have to touch the ball, if I kick a field goal the first time, before I score a touchdown the first time I have the ball, that's okay. The other team's going to get it. If they match what I did, then, of course, we get to get the ball again. Uh, but I think that's the way it should go. It should go back and forth till somebody, you know, scores more points than the other. And then it should end. I don't want to keep it a quarter I don't want to make it do two quarters. I don't want it to be. There's got to be a winner at the end. You know, no. You know, it's it's. it's we don't want to extend the game too much. Um, but I think we need to, you know, have some changes to that. And you, you can't have great quarterbacks. You know, when the momentum has swung, and then that quarterback not even get a chance. No. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. So listen, Chef Julian. That let's just move along, if you will, and. Um, you know, I'm out here in Arizona. Of course, you know, I don't want to thank you for calling in to the show. And this is Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network in Phoenix, Arizona. Any of you out there who would like to call, you can call us at 888-346-9144. But the Arizona Cardinals, another one of those bird teams that are doing extremely well. Now, I've always liked the Arizona Cardinals. But I believe, uh, you know, they messed around and, you know, one, sent one of the linebackers to Cleveland. And I thought that was a terrible mistake. And and then next thing you know, Darnell Dockett is hurt, and that 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 was you know that was unfortunate. 
Honey Badger's banged up. He's not playing. You know, he's not 100%. You know, that was unfortunate. Uh, the quarterback gets hurt. Palmer gets hurt. And, and, and that's unfortunate. But they're still trying to, they're finding a way. Not trying, they're finding a way to win. Based upon all those things that I said to you just now, also with the fact that they're in probably what's perceived to be, you know, one of the toughest divisions. And now that San Francisco's lost a couple games, uh, I think they're one and two. Yeah. And, and of course, uh, the Rams, you know, they're not desperate. But the Seahawks, uh, Arizona Cardinals, tough division. I did not see, although I think they're competitive. There's a lot of games I would pick the Arizona Cardinals to win. But, you know, and based upon the schedule that they play, I might have picked them to win each one of these games. I'm not sure. I've been hitting my head a few times. I might make a mistake. But the Arizona Cardinals. Now, we can't go too deep in this because we're going to have to take a break. But I just want you to think about that because we're, we're gonna, on the other side of the break, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. You know, could the Arizona Cardinals be the first NFL team in history to host a Super Bowl game? After all, it's at the University of Phoenix. Arizona Cardinals could play a home Super Bowl game this year. Me and Chef Julian are going to talk about that on the other side of the break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me is that I want the media to be more responsible and a little more sensitive and not just broad brush the entire National Football League, particularly its players, with having a role in domestic violence. There has been a couple of individuals, and the reason why I'm saying this is so important is because a couple individuals 
should not represent the entire industry because there's some victims within the locker rooms themselves. And you've been you've been irresponsible and you're covering and not considering that when you've been bringing it to the airwaves. So what I want to do is I want to be responsible and I want to talk about the Arizona. I'm here in Phoenix, Arizona. I have to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, Chef Julian, I, I told you you got a couple birds in play here. Of course, those birds being the Eagles and, and the Arizona Cardinals, and you got a bingo in there too. Uh, wow. And, and the Arizona Cardinals are doing this with a backup quarterback. Without Carlos Dansby, the linebacker they shipped off to Cleveland, doing a great job for you guys out there. Without Darnell Dockett, possibly one of the best players on the team. Uh, you know, who would be on the other side of, uh, of Calais Campbell to help him out. Uh, and really, with the exception of a couple plays, and they've been big plays, uh, without great contributions from one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play the game, Larry Fitzgerald. And a backup quarterback is making all this happen. I, I just got to say this again. Never saw it coming. Uh Surprise, but I'm happy because I want to see if I'm gonna live in a city. I want to at least see some good football from a good football team. They, 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 the Arizona Cardinals, different than the Cleveland Browns. They have been to a Super Bowl, probably one of the one of the greatest. It definitely is one of the greatest. I know it's the top ten. It, it could be top five Super Bowls of all time in terms of how competitive the game was. You just couldn't. It was always some action going on, some great plays too. But these Arizona Cardinals could possibly be the first team in NFL history to host a Super Bowl. Now, again, you know, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but I tell you what, starting off 4-0 in September increases your chances of playing in the playoffs and certainly making it to the Super Bowl as opposed to some other teams who may be, you know, 0-4 in September and obviously, you know, looking up and, and trying to dig their way from the bottom. So, you know, thinking about... What you've seen thus far this season, the teams that you've seen uh, this season, um, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, you know, of course, they're going to come and represent the NFC. They would have to dethrone um, the Seattle Seahawks. And I want to give a shout out to Pete Carroll because we're celebrating the 35th anniversary at The Ohio State University, of which we were undefeated during regular season and lost that national championship game to USC 17-16 in the 1980 Rose Bowl, and of course, Pete Carroll was a great contributor to that, being our secondary coach. So, I want to shout out to him uh, as the reigning champs of the National Football League Super Bowl champions, of course, of last year. Uh, are they going to be thrown? Is it possibly that the Arizona Cardinals could dethrone the Seattle Seahawks and represent the NFC in the Super Bowl? I know that's a long ways down the road. Uh, and, and the thing about it, with the team playing as good as they are playing, can, do you think they can continue to play like that? Can they dethrone the Arizona Cardinals? I mean, can they dethrone the Seattle Seahawks? And last but least, you've got a problem. Your starting quarterback is hurt. You're one game without him. You're going to bring him back now? Woo. So what do you think? First of all, let's start with that first question. Can they continue to win? Like they've been doing, you think they can continue to win? I think so. I mean, when you look at this team, they're not playing with star players. They're playing as a team. They're playing together. So, 
And when you think about it, uh, their top two uh, wide receivers, Larry Fitzgerald and Malcolm Floyd, they don't they have uh, some catches, but they don't have a touchdown. They don't have a touchdown. They've been throwing it to extra guys. Yeah, but that John Brown, he John Brown's got them touchdowns, and that's a bad, that's a fast man. That's a good little man to be throwing it to. Exactly. They have they have uh, weapons around them that makes makes it hard for people to cover every single one of their weapons. And to be honest, it doesn't look like they're stopping. If they have you stand behind the quarterback or Carson Palmer, Carson Palmer's had a resurrection season last year, and it looks like it wasn't a fluke. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to tell you, I've liked Carson Palmer. I, I really have. I mean, uh, he's had some, you know, some good games, some bad games, but I think you could win with him if you've got weapons, particularly if you've got an offensive line and you got a running game. I think you could win with Carson Palmer. But but Stanton is banned. Woo. He stepped up and right now, I'm not sure do you disrupt the chemistry on the flow of the team now by bringing Carson back if he's able to play. I don't think he's going to play this week. But then you got you got a quarter of your season. You got four games that he's been out. Do you bring him back in the fifth game and disrupt that chemistry because you know what's going to happen? As soon as he's not playing well, the fans are going to start booing him, and you and he know he's going to know why they were booing him because the other guy played so well. So as a coach, what would you do if you had a situation like that? And it's almost we're not going to have time because I wanted to talk to you about about the RG three situation. Is he going to be able to recapture that job? But let's just stay with the Arizona Cardinals. You know, do you bring Carson Palmer back if this kid continues to win? Um, I'm not sure, because uh, Carson Palmer uh, played, to be honest, Carson Palmer plays uh, a little bit, was playing a little bit better than RG3 did when he wasn't hurt last year. Uh, and uh, Carson Palmer is a lot more comfortable in, in the pocket, which is uh, saying something, because RG3 can throw in the pocket and out of the pocket, but uh, I think you will go with Carson Palmer. He has the experience, uh... He's been he's played for a playoff team, and to be honest, I think he can keep that uh, winning streak going. Okay, so Carson comes back, he gets his job back. Okay, but you're telling me out there in Washington D.C., does RG three get his job back? If Kirk Cousins plays the way that he does, and he and continues to win. Yes, RG3 is going to be looking for a different quarterback job. Because I don't think RG3 has ever got back to the RG3 he was his rookie season. He, I, we haven't seen that. That that person has not come back. He's not returned to the lineup. So real quickly, we got to go on. Okay, so let's let's go back and let's go back to those Arizona Cardinals. Do you think the a- Arizona Cardinals will possibly be in the hunt to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl? It's possible. I mean, they made it to the uh, they made it to the playoffs last year, and they're starting off three and zero. So you proved that it wasn't just getting lucky or a fluke. So I think that if they keep playing the way that they do, they could possibly, if not, uh, uh, get Seattle. In their own home turf, I think they could uh, make it a game. And oh yeah, uh, oh you said now now if they if they get Seattle. In Phoenix, the University of Phoenix Stadium, that's a whole lot different than getting Seattle at the 12th man. 
And so I, I'm, I'm going to remember you said that, and you remember you heard that right here on Voice America Sports. Of course, Ray Ellis here hosting today, but uh, Chef Julian has let you know what he thinks <laughs> that repeat Super Bowl may not happen. Arizona Cardinals could possibly be the first team to ever host a Super Bowl in their home stadium. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice American Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Thank you there, Chef Julian from the Hall of Fame City, the Hall of It All, Canton, Ohio. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.